0: It is the Dynasty Podcast Rocket Live Panelcast Series, recorded live at Rocket Bar and Grill in Chicago. My name is Haima Black. I host this series at Rocket Bar and Grill with a podcast of the panel posting at DynastyPodcast.com. This month, the social media secrets from Chicago's social superstars, Rocket Live Panelcast. Featuring Scotty K, a.k.a. Special K from Kiss FM, Natalie Slater of Fake and Destroy, Scott Smith, a.k.a. Our Man in Chicago, and Martin Adkins of TourSmart. Here's how that panel sounded. All right. How's everybody doing tonight? Awesome. Um, Terrible. <laughs> welcome to Rocket. This is our fifth Rocket panel cast event. It's a live podcast panel we do here at Rocket Bar and Grill. They are gracious enough to host us. Thank you, Rocket Bar and Grill. <laughs> Um, My name is Haima Black. I'm the host of Dynasty Podcast here in Chicago. This is an industry panel series we do, and I am here joined by a fantastic panel of industry experts. Uh, The topic for tonight, social media secrets from Chicago's social superstars, which would be everyone to my left here. Uh, Fantastic lineup. We have Martin Adkins, educator, musician, speaker, author. We have Natalie Slater of punk rock food blog, Bake and Destroy. We have Scotty K, a.k.a. Special K from Kiss FM, um, syndicated radio personality. And Scott Smith, uh, best known for his Our Man in Chicago site and online handle, um, very much deeply embedded in social media, has worked with a number of large companies doing social. So great panel. Everybody here, very informed, knows what they're talking about, much smarter than me. And I know I just did kind of a quick introduction set, but it'd be great if everybody could go down the line, kind of give a little bit more information about who each of you are and what you do.
1: Starting with me? Sure. Uh, Martin Atkins, played in a bunch of bands, PIL, Killing Joke, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, Big Face, I have my own label, Invisible, my own studio called The Mattress Factory. I wrote a book called Tour Smart, another book called Welcome to the Music Business, You're Fucked, which you're welcome to take a free download, code for it's hilarious uh, i teach up at madison media institute in madison live on the south side of chicago got four kids and i just had a wisdom tooth taken out three hours ago and i'm delirious. i'm alternately delirious and in horrible pain
0: and he's still here that's that's like
2: yeah I'm Natalie Slater, and I started BaconDestroy.com six years ago. I post original recipes that are inspired by TV, movies, pro wrestling, all the normal stuff like that. Um, I also founded Sugar Slam, which is a pro wrestling-themed bake-off. It's been called the most delicious competition in sports entertainment. (laughs) And... um, I also have a soon-to-be seven-year-old who has his own snack review blog called Food Puncher. So we're a very social media family. (laughs) And uh, that's about it for me.
3: I am uh, Scotty, or Special K, from 103.5 KISS FM, and I wrote a book called Welcome to Radio. You're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) i didn't didn't, but i'm thinking about it now um i'm also syndicated uh around the country in multiple different cities and i try to use social media to try and stay on top of that as much as possible because it's hard to be in a lot of places at one time and i don't know is there anything else that you didn't say already no okay i'm glad to be here here. you guys look fun
4: (laughs) I'm Scott Smith. I work at a company called Ogilvy & Mather as an account director, which means I head up teams that do social media for different brands, um, clients, and things like that. Prior to that, I was at Chicago Magazine. I was their director of digital strategy. And before that, I had a year at uh, Playboy where I was the editor and director of content of the website. So I was literally hoping that people came to read us for the articles. Uh, prior to that, I was at Time Out Chicago and Chicagoist, so I spent most of my time working at news and culture publications online in the city. Um, and I, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Armand Chicago. I have a website of the same name, um, and mostly just trying to keep up with what's
0: going on here in the city, um, and particularly in media. Kind of building off what we just did, I'd be really interested to know how each of you use social media in, you know, your personal and professional lives, and and if you have any preferred platforms, like if you're, like, you know, really strongly in favor of, like, Tumblr, or if Twitter is your platformer, you know, just kind of, like, how you guys use social media and what you do.
2: Well, social media is a huge part of my brand and my website. I use it to sort of interact with people who are reading my blog, and also to find people who aren't reading it yet, and kind of draw them into it so um, I mostly use Tumblr and Twitter for those sorts of things Um, somebody just today called me Tumblr's big sister because I kind of have like a (laughs) advice column vibe going on on Tumblr Um, but additionally like on Twitter for instance I you know might tune into like SummerSlam and just bitch the whole time about how terrible it is and so I get lots of like wrestling fans drawn in and then they start looking up my like wrestling inspired recipes and um, things like that and so I'm I'm using it to kind of keep tabs on people who are already fans of what I do and also to find all the kind of people in the nooks and crannies who I think would uh, like my site and also buy my book that I forgot to mention I have a cookbook comes out in August called Bacon Destroy Good Food for Bad Vegans But so those are the two main platforms. Everybody's on Facebook, too, so you kind of have to be on Facebook as well. But I I don't use that as much because you can't talk as much on Facebook.
0: And by the way, real quick, not to interrupt everybody, but we have a hashtag that I should have mentioned. It's Rocket Live, all one word. So Rocket, L-I-V-E, hashtag Rocket Live. So Sorry, go ahead.
3: Um, I don't know. I'm a Twitter junkie now. I started out Facebook junkie, probably like most people. Uh, But I think you hit it dead on. You can't have as much of a conversation on Facebook, mostly because you get defriended now (laughs) pretty quickly (laughs) uh, if you post uh, sometimes too much stuff. Uh, But on Twitter, that's kind of where uh, the conversation happens a little bit. And uh, for me, I mean, it's a huge, huge uh, advantage I have now with social media, especially because just being on the radio, it's like I'm trying to do a TV show to blind people. That's pretty much what I'm trying to do is the, the, the visual, <laughs> visualization uh, to people that can't see. So now, uh, while well, I'm not only doing that through audio, I can do it through social media and connecting with people and adding so many of the other dynamics and dimensions to what I'm doing. I can take a picture in the studio. I can take a quick, uh, now I'm on Vine too, guys, using Vine yet? No, no one's using Vine yet. <laughs> Woo! I'm a huge fan of Vine. 6-second videos and 6 seconds. Yes, for every guy in here, every, it's like 6 seconds all we got. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all we need. <laughs> It's all we need, right? Yeah. Um, no, but that it's such a huge uh dimension that you can add to whatever you're doing and for me it's uh, it's I think it's super important to my brand to Um, my show to just connecting with people on a on a very personal level taking it and creating some uh, human side and whether it's a stupid picture from behind the scenes or something like that humanization of uh who i am what we're doing and what's happening in the moment and uh while we're not on the air too i don't think i would have much of a career if it wasn't for social media i
4: you know started I, i had sort of tall you know messed around with the idea of being a writer and really got a chance to do it when I was a Chicagoist. Um, that l- directly led to being a web editor at TimeOut. Um, I would not have had these opportunities had I not kind of been in the right place at the right time when people started really paying attention to blogs, really started paying attention to Twitter. I um, launched TimeOut on Twitter, really kind of took that, when there weren't a lot of people there kind of experimenting around, built up a persona, a handle a whatever you want to call it on twitter as part of being at timeout and documenting what was going on in the city and sometime around 2008 2009 i think i stopped understanding the difference between personal and work the two of those things really kind of melded into one thing and everything especially now when everything's so easily rebloggable transferred digitally copied passed around It's tough to know where, one, your personal life starts and your work life begins and where one thing is for, you know, I'm here on this panel talking about things that I do on Twitter when I'm at home, but a lot of that informs what I do at work and basically made it possible for me to say that I knew this stuff well enough to actually get the jobs that I've had. So, it's I'm a huge fan of Twitter for somebody who, you know, thinks of themselves as a writer and the idea that you're a writer and you write because you have to, you have an idea in your head and it's going to like mess with you until you get it out of your head and onto, you know, a page or paper of some kind. Twitter's really good for that. It's a really great, you know, release valve for the stuff that's in your head. Um, having a blog to really kind of go into more detail is really, really helpful. So Twitter's been the, the big thing for me, but really, you know, getting a chance to work on blogs and write for various sites, including my own, has been the thing that helps me kind of take, uh, you know, small things and, and, and make them bigger. And I uh, used to be on Tumblr, but stopped doing that as of last week. Um, and when we get to
0: the Tumblr portion of our evening, we can probably talk more about that. Yeah, we're, we've definitely got that coming out.
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm having, I, I like, have, I'm having fun with Twitter. What, my favorite tweet yesterday was during the Grammys. I said, what's the difference between an onion and a banjo? Nobody cries when you cut up Taylor Swift. Yeah, I, I so I used to think like a t-shirt, you know, I hear brands and t-shirt sayings. And that translates very well over to twitter so i'm kind of i'm very happy there and i try and exist on twitter separately to facebook right so i don't use the convenience of of my my hootsuite for instance to post everything everywhere all the time i try and be present on facebook in those conversations and and just noodle around on twitter i'm using everything i teach social media at school so I have the benefit of my students coming in and letting me know what they're up to, which is usually just Facebook, maybe some Pinterest. One load for video, I had a spell of doing a bunch of videos and one load is a great way to load onto 30 different sites at the same time. So just trying to stay on top of it is the kind of the deal, isn't it? Is anybody on Pinterest? There's a great new feature for Pinterest just came out. It's the uh, off switch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the importance of audience engagement, you know? you know, in regards to what each of you guys do. Like, how do you engage your audience with social media? How do you utilize social media and not only to engage your audience but also to grow your audience?
3: For, like I said before, uh, it adds so many dimensions to what I'm able to do. But I think uh, I think as far as growing and engaging the audience, I kind of have a rule. I kind of have this uh, 80-20 rule and, uh, where it's 80% um, entertainment, information, kind of personalization, and then uh, 20% of promoting yourself in actual. Because I, I hate feeling like uh, I'm selling something all the time, and that's when I feel like people are like, you're selling something all the time. Less interesting right there. Um, so that's part, that's part of uh, what I try to stick to, and I have a lot of rules that I actually end up breaking my own rules all the time simply because uh, some things just feel right in the moment uh, as far as posting different things. But I mean, like I said, Facebook and Twitter are are two different beasts. And, and I think you hit it uh, too with, you said, if you're just using something like Hootsuite and posting one thing all the time to everything, one, people start to notice that stuff. And if they're following you on multiple platforms, they're like, this is annoying. It's all the same stuff. Um, But also the platforms should be used differently as well. So, you know, if you're on Facebook and you can use a little bit more of uh, promoting and putting uh, links and pictures and things like that um, and Twitter can be more of a conversational thing and maybe give a little bit more information of who you are, what you're thinking about something as opposed to uh, constantly selling yourself on stuff. stuff. So, I try to stick to that 80-20 rule to help uh, just keep people around and let them know that I'm not just there to sell something to them but also just hang out with you.
1: I think Facebook... Uh, Well, Facebook knows if you're using HootSuite or one of those TweetDeck, it knows if you're doing that and it downgrades your output. I didn't know that. There you go.
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Actionable information. Yeah.
1: I I, I had an interesting thing. I, I had some pictures of Johnny Rotten that no one's ever seen before, and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm putting these on my Facebook on Sunday and it's going to be a blast and we'll have all these conversations and it will be awesome. And we did. It was kind of cool. But the next day, I came down the stairs and trod on a piece of Lego that one of my kids left. And I just Facebooked, fucking kids, fucking Lego, fuck! (laughs) And had like five times the activity. (laughs) and and that taught me that we don't have a fucking clue, really. You don't have a clue. You just have to look, and learn as you go. You do more of what works and less of what doesn't, and try not to second guess yourself. And,
4: and I think that's listening. Honestly, I mean, this is there's these mediums are two way, right? They shouldn't be broadcast. You should be having conversations with people. You should be listening to what they say. I have a feeling people will tell you when you they feel like you're putting too much in all the same platforms um you know you have to actually engage with the folks and find out what what they're thinking about it um sharing out their opinions as well and the 80 20 rule is is great but i think you and also part of that 80 percent should be what other people are thinking so you should be you know pushing out things that maybe you don't necessarily agree with but things that you think make an interesting conversation it's it's really truly this this uh metaphor gets abused but the idea of Twitter as a cocktail party has always seemed rather apt to me where you are the host of your stream in a way and you are pushing out interesting things that you know you're having hosting interesting people through your Twitter stream you're not just making it about yourself you're really making about about ideas and things that are important to you so that what you have to say continues to matter and this you know idea that you can use you know, Twitter as a place to get at ideas you wouldn't normally, to actually expand your working knowledge of things, I think, you know, matters quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I think um, along those lines and also kind of the Lego comment too, uh, people don't want to follow a brand. They want to follow a personality, a person, somebody interesting, somebody they can relate to, somebody they can learn from. So if you're constantly just posting like, when your band is playing or what t-shirt you're selling or, you know, where people can buy your book, they're following a brand and that's not fun. But if you're posting kind of behind the scenes photos or, you know, other things that they can say, like, I'm interested in your book, but also like, oh, I see that you, you know, like this particular kind of sparkling water. I like it too. I have lots of kind of interactions like that with people where, they see something in my house or they see me with my son or that we happen to be at like monster jam or something. And they're like, Oh my God, I like that too. I like vegan food, but I also love monster trucks. I'm totally going to keep following you forever. And so um, that's, you know, it's, it's social. So it should be driven by your personality and your experiences. And the more that people kind of relate to you on that level and and find other reasons to follow you and tell their friends about you. That's another thing that happens a lot on Instagram, even, like, maybe you'll post, um, you know, a shirt you got, and you'll see, like, a bunch of people will just not say anything to you but just tag other people that they want to see your photo. And that's awesome because they're bringing people to you. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, going back to to Legos, so it's, everybody's stepped on a Lego, but, you know, <laughs> not everybody maybe has, like, s- secret photos of Johnny Rotten, but, <laughs> 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 but we can all relate to stepping on a Lego, so that's why it works.
1: But yeah. I, I like the 80-20 rule, but sometimes I think the 100-0 rule would be kind of good, especially if you're in a band. I'm in a band. Fuck off. we got a gig. Fuck you. We've got a new <laughs> album. Fuck the fuck Vote for me. If someone asks me to vote for them again, I'm going to say, wow, yeah, what's your address? I want to send you something. Me with a fucking boxing glove kicking (laughs) your ass. Well,
0: we're definitely going to get to the, uh, to your, uh, you know, kind of views on how artists should use social media, Martin. But I wanted to kind of like do one more kind of general question, which is just, and we've touched on this a little bit in what you guys have been talking about, but like, I'm curious if you have examples of a You know, strategy or an initiative or a project you tried to use on social media that went really well, or alternately, an example where you tried something on social media and it just did not catch people the way you wanted, or it backfired. You know, like, so either a success story or a horrible kind of like misfire. All right, I'll go
4: and I'll go with a misfire. So when I was at Chicago Magazine, uh, we were doing some plans for our uh, 40th anniversary, and uh, we, really wanted to, uh, we honestly and truly wanted to surface really amazing photos, experiences, things that made Chicago unique, why you loved living in the city, and they were all going to be because, you know, dot, 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 whatever, whatever it was. And we were truly interested in um, having a real interesting experience and having people feed stuff into us and blah, blah, blah. And so we decided to go with the fuck yeah, etc. meme, right? So... I swear, I, I stand in front of you today, and I swear by all that is holy, that I looked, and I looked, and I looked for a Fuck Yeah Chicago Tumblr, and I swear to you, I did not find it. And I stand before you today telling you that within an hour of us launching a Fuck Yeah Chicago Tumblr, it was very, made very clear to me that one exists, and that community was really displeased that this supposedly corporate uh, magazine <laughs> media entity that's owned by the Tribune was trying to do something of in the Tumblr space and what have you. I heard from a couple of folks that were just like, there's, there's already one here, and I was like, oh, shit. Um, so I would say the learning experience was make sure that you do your research and not only in a bubble, not only in your own space, but reaching out to people who you know are in that space already that may know more than you Uh, Again, expanding your working knowledge, using the tools available to you, Uh, making sure that you're asking folks, hey, what do you think of this idea? Does this seem like a good idea? Uh, You know, know, test it out with some people that you trust because uh, it will be very helpful to you and you will uh, avoid a potentially uh, public uh, embarrassment. Uh, Also, you may want to not, you may actually want to give your boss a heads up that you are starting a uh, fuck yeah Chicago uh, site under the aegis of uh, a corporate magazine uh, that you work for, because they may have opinions about it and may want to counsel you as to the uh, uh, intelligence and in, in, uh, may, may want to be a part of that plan. Uh, so that was the other thing that I learned, uh, which was really, which was really good. That was a good day at work.
3: I wish that I could tweet with your accent. I feel like I would have a ton of more followers.
1: It's fantastic. You can. There's a platform called shout matic and you can record your tweet and send it out as a URL.
4: But he'd have to have you
0: record right, it. Right, I'd have to. Yeah. You, can, I,
1: can I keep that, you? That absolutely could be.
0: It's right. a new business model. Just hire Martin Adkins for tweet work, yeah. Uh, I actually I,
3: I test things out on social media all the time before I do uh, things on the air. Sometimes I'll, uh, I'll test out even things I'm going to talk about on the air or things that I might even post uh, on my blog and see if they start conversation or see what happens with them. Uh, the biggest mistake I think I see a lot of times, with uh, whether it's a band or it's a, it's a store or it's somebody or a lot of DJs do this stuff too, they'll be like, hey, if you want to hear our new unreleased single, click like. If we get 100 likes, we're going to release it. It's yeah. like me walking in front of a crowd on stage at the Allstate Arena saying, hey, if you listen to my show, say yeah. And then everyone goes, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> so so be, care- be careful the way you uh, go ahead and test things out or put things uh, on uh, Facebook or Twitter or you know whatever social media you're using. I think more than what you're putting on there, how you word things and how you post is always the more important thing. And that's uh, I'm a big believer in in every single word meaning, having a meaning and using words and saying things for a specific reason in a specific way. So don't just post stuff. Think about what you're saying, how you're saying it, and how people are going to react to it. Think about the different personalities that are reading it and what their reactions to the exact words you're saying are. uh, And before you post it. And that's, I mean, that's my suggestion before you post stuff that might hang you on the dryer, on the drying line. People still use drying lines? No. Okay. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about.
2: Um, okay. Well, I'll share a success story since those two were major bum outs. Um, when uh, when I first did Sugar Slam, I did it as a part of Bacon Destroy. I just happened to start noticing that a lot of my followers um, grew up watching WWF at the time it was. Um, in the 80s, and so a lot of, like, little jokes I might make in my intro to a recipe, I would get lots of comments like, you know, oh, my God, Erwin R. Scheister. I forgot all about him. Yeah, one guy knows. <laughs> <laughs> that guy knows. And uh, and so I was like, okay, well, then I'm going to do a, a wrestling-themed bake-off, and you guys can send me your pictures and your descriptions, and I'll post them on my site, and we'll vote. And whoever has the coolest one, according to – well, so another – Part of the story is that uh, my friend Phil is in the WWE, and he's now he's one of their superstars. At the time, he was a little bit lesser known, but so CM Punk, and uh, so he was the judge. And so whoever Punk went, you know, decides does the best. He's gonna get a, an autograph picture from Punk. Not a barely big prize, but whatever. I got like eight entries. wasn't a big deal, but those pictures on Flickr, which was the thing at the time, Google it. Um, <laughs> Way back. Those <laughs> Way back. <laughs> Those pictures ended up getting tons of traction. And so I started getting all these emails from people over the the next sort of year. When's the next Sugar Slam? I have an amazing idea. When's the next Sugar Slam? I have seven amazing ideas. And so I held another one. And this time I was able to get a couple more kind of celebrity judges. And I got 180 entries for the second one compared to literally seven entries in the first one. and uh, And so... You know, when I did the third one this last year, it was its own, you know, sort of body of work. We, I did had its own URL. I had uh, actual like press release that went out about it. I had media coverage, and so um, that was something that I just thought might be fun to try, and that looked like kind of a flop at first. But thanks to kind of the viral nature of like you know Bret Hart cookies, um, I was able to. Have what's now a really popular feature on my site.
4: I think what was really cool about that is that was very clearly a passion thing for you, and it wasn't about like, what's a trend happening right now in social media. <laughs> it was, it definitely was just not like, a trend. <laughs> I think Roddy Roddy Piper is awesome, and I'm gonna yeah. take that
0: and run with it, and take these other, the other thing that I'm really passionate about and make a, a big thing about it. Right. That was yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, to watch. I mean, I think, I think people can really smell when you're not being authentic on social media. You know, if you suddenly jump on, you're like, oh, I'm like the biggest Twilight fan ever. You know what I mean? Right. People know that that's not who you are. So, like, I think being authentic, which everyone here is, but, you know, that's so important because if you try to fake it through something, I really feel like people online, they can sniff it out in a second and they will call you out on it, like, viciously. Oh, yeah. You know? (laughs) I see that all the time online and I'm like, that's brutal.
1: (laughs) I I think, uh, sharing my story of success and failure at the same time, um, We did a Kickstarter campaign for my third book and we used Hootsuite. I had like 10 students just pushing stuff out and I think it was just really horribly obnoxious. And, but as long as you're in tune with what's going on, I I know that I was like peeing sitting down so I could keep typing on the toilet, you know, (laughs) um, day two. But um, that's one of the reasons I started giving my second book away. Was to try and balance overall this outward push we were doing. You know, like, yeah, I'm asking for help with this book, but here's another one. Fuck off, you know. And then just trying to continually keep switching. So instead of keep saying, hey, don't forget my Kickstarter, by the way, don't forget my Kickstarter, here's the link. We kept changing it, and then we did an event at the Double Door, like you do this thing here, right? You have a podcast, but we're here live and in person. And instead of reminding people about my Kickstarter, I was sending out a picture of the the marquee at the Double Door which said Martin Atkins' Kickstarter tonight, you know? And then we, we streamed the event that night. So it's just finding different ways to say the same message and not hitting people over the head with it.
0: Well, let's look at some of the newer platforms that have kind of come up recently. Um, You know, Vine, obviously, I think is the newest one that's really catching on and Vine for anyone who doesn't know, it's like a six second, you know, we kind of talked about it in the panel, six second video platform. It's kind of the video answer to Instagram. And also I'm curious about you guys' thoughts on Instagram as well. So like, are you guys using Vine and or Instagram professionally or personally?
2: Um, I use Instagram tons. Um, It's, as everyone knows, the best place to post your food photos. So um, I use that a lot. And uh, I actually just got on Vine. I haven't used it, but I've been using another app called Cinemagram for a while. Um,
1: cinnamon Graham?
2: <laughs> cinnamon Graham Crackers. Um, it's actually two-second videos, so it's, like, even less time than you get on Vine, and then you can loop it, and it's almost a way of making, like, animated GIFs. Um, so... Vine's a little bit of a commitment for me. Like six seconds, I don't know if I have that much got time material. for just
4: a lens click. Right? <laughs> exactly,
2: but you know, I post like video of like tearing off my my false lashes and you know really Ow. appetizing things <laughs> like that. I <laughs> um, never hear a guy say that. By yeah. The way. <laughs> but, yeah, I haven't hopped into Vine really yet.
3: I'm a big fan of both of them. Uh, Vine, like I said before, it's kind of a it's some it, it, to me simplicity is. Key and it's king. The sim- the more simple your post is, the more people are going to react to. It, the more people are going to stick around. It. If you're posting anything anywhere that is a, a paragraph, I- I'm not reading it. I don't know who has time to sit down and, re- and read a whole paragraph on Facebook because <laughs> that's not what you're doing on Facebook. You're on Facebook to, you know, e- from who knows what you're on Facebook for. Let's be honest, but you're not there to, re- to read a novel or read a book. Um, you keep something super simple. And and people are going to be they're going to decide right away whether they're going to react to it or not. Um, so something like Vine is 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 super cool. And I don't know if you've used it or not, but you, it's kind of a stop motion, a stop motion thing. So you can actually fit something that seems like a 10, 10 minute time frame into six seconds because you can cut from side from you know to second to second to second without having to throw it on a Final Cut or you know do or throw it in iMovie or something like that. So I think that that that's actually something that. Uh, I think it's going to be revolutionary. I kind of jumped on it really early and people didn't really understand what it was, even people that I was showing it to. But now that it's starting to catch on, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to roll on. So if you guys haven't used it yet, go ahead and do it. And uh, something like Inst- Instagram is the ultimate, I don't want to use the word creeper, but I mean, it really is. You're going ahead and and, and I'm sifting through people's pictures and scrolling through all the time. and. And the more – if you're posting things up there that people are going to go ahead and start to click like and tag, they're going to start showing up uh, on other people's things. And like you said, if it's a teacher or somebody like that, and that's what you're doing. You're starting to create promoters of your own brand or of whatever you're, uh, you're, you're promoting, whether it's yourself or your brand. And that's the key to growing anything is, is creating promoters of, of yourself, and that's something like uh, somebody like, like, a, like Apple does. You know, people walk around all the time, oh, my God. I, I, you know, I switched to my MacBook and this is what, you know, you know, Apple is like, hey, here's our products. This is the only thing we're going to sell in our store. Nobody else's stuff. And now they have billions of people that talk about it for them kind of thing. So that's what you want to do is create a, a promoters of your brand. And with, and if you keep it simple, it makes it easier for people to share.
0: Yeah, create those enthusiasts and evangelists. Yeah. And absolutely. Well, I think that
4: the thing to watch for something like Vine and any kind of emerging technology is what what the off-brand, if you will, use of it is. So if you look at something like Twitter, the, the concept of the retweet, the concept of the hashtag, those were not use cases that the makers of Twitter thought of when they first launched the service. Those are things that evolved. The way that the community sprung up around Twitter was completely community driven. It was an interesting idea maybe, but the thing that allowed people to communicate in a wide way, to actually group posts together, to actually you know, evolve a search function essentially, that was a really interesting thing about it. So the, the thing to watch with Vine is what's gonna happen beyond the six second video thing? What's gonna be the innovation that becomes completely user generated? I was listening to the Slate Cultural uh, Gap Fest last week And they noted that a lot of the Vines take the sort of grammar of film, the way that movies are created, the way they're edited to, you know, compress time and space and what have you, goes completely out the window with Vine because you really have a bunch of, and I say this word lovingly, amateur filmmakers out there who are taking these six-second videos. So we're going to see what happens with the sort of grammar of movies and film in six-second verse may completely, I don't want to say it's completely changed, but it will evolve into a different thing. It won't just be a six-second movie. The thing that's really interesting about Vine is your ability to, like you said, cut quickly between, you know, in the space of 10 minutes, in the space of 15, to tell that mini-story very, very, very quickly. So a a full six-second video is an interesting, a bunch of jump cuts is. And I think that's what's interesting about Instagram is you have the ability to kind of evolve it however you'd like. If you want to use it as, uh, you know, a high-res video publishing system, you can. If you want to use it like how I use it, which is really, like, to capture weird oddities and and things that you want to instantly publish, I found Art Shea is a really famous photographer, and he's done—he's got, you know, met every famous person. He spent time at the Playboy Mansion. He has documented Chicago culture with Nelson Algren— He is a, you know, true legend. And I was at my wife's grandmother's house yesterday and found a book called What Happens When You Put Money in the Bank by Art Shea. And it is basically a photo book with, it's a kid's book that literally tells you, here's what happens when you take money to the bank and you meet with the account manager and you give money and there's like pictures of inside of a deposit box. And it's Art Shea, a legendary photographer who is basically making a kid's book about what banks do. And it was fascinating (laughs) to me, and I'm like, I want to capture this because I don't want to just grab the book from my wife's grandmother's house, because that would be uh, wrong. But I'm going to snap these, there's these weird oddities, uh, misspellings on signs that you see in public as another personal interest of mine, because... I'm the jerk. Uh, you know, so things like that. I think that just what are the oddities? What are the, the uses that weren't originally intended by those creators? And that's the thing that's really interesting about these kind of this kind of tech.
3: I think Pinterest is actually something that – I And mean, do you use Pinterest for your stuff?
2: I do, but I hate it.
3: You hate it? Yeah, I hate I, it. I find it very interesting because I've seen a lot of people – I've seen people use it really well, and I've also seen people use it horribly wrong. But it's. It, I think it's definitely something that if you if you have are promoting a business or something like that. Um, I know a, a DJ company that uses it the right way. That they go ahead and uh, and they're posting things for brides and they're like, okay, they're, what are their clients? Their clients are people that are having weddings, right? Okay, oh my God, here's nine million different ideas that you can do, um, you know, for your weddings, for your centerpieces, for your dress, for whatever the case may be. So that's one one of the ways that they use something like Pinterest. I think uh, I'm kind of actually interested for when you guys start asking us questions cuz I want to know kind of what you guys are using the social media specifically for because I think that's that's going to um, kind of change all of our answers for what the capabilities of cuz we know what we use it for but uh, it's really got to be relative to to your life and what you're doing so take it if you're taking whatever we say kind of try and figure out how it relates to you and so if what we're saying is wrong for you don't do it though.
1: <laughs> I I used to say the that- Tweet is the new fax, right? When, when, when Twitter came out, I'm like, look, this is just a distraction. When faxes came out, we were just amazed with the fax machine, and I'd sit upside down calling somebody in L.A. or England and say, send me another fax, I'm going to sit here upside down, watching it, do it again, do it again. <laughs> Which quickly turned into just junk mail about lawnmowers and free cruises and bullshit. And... A lot of this stuff feels like that to me, you know? If if something resonates with you, like you hate, what do you hate, Instagram? I hate Pinterest. Pinterest? Yeah, yeah I kind I was about to get into it, then I saw Nick Adler from the Roxy in LA, his Pinterest page, I just thought, oh, fuck this, you know? <laughs> and um, <laughs> you just have to find the platform that works for you and do more of that, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm kind of weirdly still on AOL, just because I, I just, I like having it say, you've got mail, when I'm in a, <laughs> in a green room with a bunch of social media experts. You've got mail! And they just look at me like I'm an idiot, which is fine.
0: <laughs> at this point, it's almost retro, you yeah,
1: know? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> starting the comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Early adopter.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to open it up, I think, to some questions, if anyone has questions, and if they don't, we'll kind of do another 10 or 15 minutes of panel discussion. but. If you have questions, literally, come up here, right to the side, we'll hand you a mic, and you can ask the question. So if anybody wants to be brave and be the first one, this is your chance to ask everyone up here, all these intelligent people, um, your question about social media.
1: Well, while we're waiting for people to come up, yes. I, I want to tell you my very favorite, it kind of goes to what I was just saying, my very favorite quote about social media, which was Dale Carnegie in, I don't know, when did anybody know when he died? Anybody want to Google that? He was that? huge
4: on Friendster, I remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he said, you will make more friends in two weeks being interested in other people than you will in two years trying to get other people interested in you. Right. And I just thought, Dale Carnegie, you motherfucker. <laughs> you know, awesome. That's just an awesome quote. I just well, Martin,
0: found. you've used an, an interesting analogy that I've heard where you talk about the Um, the the serving at the table uh, the Japanese serving practice
1: oh where uh, the first time we went to Japan we were told we couldn't pour our own drinks so there I am (laughs) we're like get a knife get me a sword we're going to kill somebody Um, but you're not allowed it wasn't polite to pour your own drinks so you pour everybody else's drink and eventually, someone will pour your drink, so it's, yeah.
0: Well, I know that uh, one of our panelists has to cut, so we're gonna wrap up in the next five, but I wanted to see if anyone has any like closing thoughts, like real quick kind of note to go out on, whether you know, it's like where they see social media going, what they want to see more of on social media, just kind of like a closing note on your views you know, on, on social.
1: Um, I think in a world where things are instant, and social media makes you think like a billion people just saw your tweet. It's it's it takes years to do this stuff. It takes years to build even a small brand. You know, don't be tempted to buy ten thousand Twitter followers because oh they God, don't no. exist and they're not going to buy your sausages. You know, <laughs> you just have to work at it every day. I think something Nick Adler said. Lots of people say you need to be present every day. If you only have seventy minutes. To spend a week on social media, first of all, you're fucked. But spend 10 minutes a day, not 70 minutes on a Sunday. You have to be present all the time. And with smartphones, you kind of can be.
0: Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think um, being helpful is a big bonus for any any brand or any sort of personality. Um, being there to answer questions. So, like Martin was saying, chime in. If you happen to see that you know somebody you follow is struggling with something that you can help with jump in the more you do that you know the more people are gonna like think of you as an expert and follow you and keep asking you more questions and help you to build your brand so just just um you know it's it's hard you can't always help everyone i don't respond to everything everyone ever says but if there's something i can help with then i'll take the five seconds that it takes to answer a question
3: uh, to me perception is everything and uh, it, it almost like killed me to hear you uh, kept saying that we're not craft. We're a small company. Um, but, man, the, the Internet, is, is, you have access. Everyone has access to it and, and the ability to kind of stretch as far as, as, you're, really, as you're willing to go. So, uh, to me, perception is really everything, and you can build your brand solely based off what people are seeing and, uh, and looking at and what you're posting. So, uh, like I said before, man, be very conscious of what you're posting. And even sometimes when people are talking about, like, buy people buy YouTube views, people buy Twitter followers, people buy uh, Facebook fans. Sometimes that's simply because there's a perception. If you look at somebody that uh, has a music, and we even do it in the music industry, too. We look at a local group, and we go, holy crap, they have 10 million views on this video. This is something maybe to look at. Um, So not necessarily necessarily that it's a reality that 10 million people saw your, your video, but maybe that the perception might help the right one person go ahead and click on your video. So what I'm saying is don't discredit... Uh, what you can do with social media just because you're a smaller company or a smaller band or a smaller group or a smaller brand. You can you can build off uh, whatever you're trying to build just by putting out there what you want to be. Whatever you put on the internet is going to be there. They say it all the time. It's going to be there forever. What, what you are, what you want to be, put it up there, use it the right way, and let people let people lo- love it and don't force people that aren't going to love it to love it because those are the people that you're never going to get anyways. So you know, go after... The people that you're really, that you, when you first started, those are the people you had in mind. There's more of them out there probably than you, you know, even, even thought of. And that's just, not specifically, but in general. So yeah. use and it. I think that idea of
4: knowing where your audience is is really important. You do not have to be everywhere. You do not have to be on Instagram. You do not have to be on Vine. You should be where you think your audience is and where your personal passion is. Um, you if you have a really decent solid website that showcases you well and a decent facebook fan page that you regularly put content to that you take some time to think about what's really engaging and what's a really interesting thing i have to say you're probably good Uh, you can be on twitter you can be on instagram you can be in all these other places but think about where you can tell your story the best and if you are a small a brand if you're just starting your own business if you're just trying to starting to experiment pick the one that kind of gels best with you and start there and i think the other thing that in terms of a social trend is how are we going to take the stuff that is constantly evolving in social and in digital that moves very very quickly where six months from now things completely change. How do we take that and infuse that into education, into high schools, into colleges, where we're trying to prepare people for professional environments? It's really difficult at, say, colleges to create a curriculum when you have to go through all this sort of like certification for curriculums and things. And a similar thing happens in schools as well. So how do we find a way to teach some of this stuff and talk about best practices and really get people excited about these tools that, as you mentioned completely puts everybody on an equal playing field in terms of access in in many many cases there is a bit of a digital divide but in terms of I have the ability or or anybody in this room has the ability to do the same roughly kinds of things on Twitter as the biggest brands as the biggest you know websites and magazines out there but how do we actually teach people in, in largely by doing things like this that are community-driven, how do we teach people ways to do it when they maybe are not getting them in in schools just because of the way the speed of the technology outpaces the ability to create curriculum. I'd like
1: to answer that, if I may. Good. Uh, You ignore the curriculum. A lot of this will be in class tomorrow. Um, And class I do a World Wide Web class on Wednesday, and I'm continual. It's so much work to do that class because it's like you can't teach what you taught uh, last semester, you know, it's just like, oh fuck, Pinterest. Now there's Vine. You know, it's like, what the, you know, yeah. Dynasty fucking podcast. Yeah.
0: Dynasty fucking podcast. Tremendous panel tonight. I really want to thank every one of our panelists for taking the time to be here to talk, to share what they know. Martin Atkins, Natalie Slater, Scotty K, Scott Smith. You guys, thank you so much for coming out to Rocket tonight to talk Thanks to us. Guys. Thanks a lot for coming out.
3: Thanks for not throwing stuff at us.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Thanks to uh, Rocket Bar and Grill, Rocket Ranch Productions, Billy Deck, Tim Toomey. Those guys really go above and beyond to have us here, and we could not appreciate it more. Thanks to my audio engineer, Layla Royale, Chelsea Moran, my video producer here. They produce awesome content from this. My name is Haima Black. I host Dynasty Podcast. You can find us at DynastyPodcast.com. We're on every social platform, for better or for worse. Thank you guys all so much for coming out tonight.
3: Tip your bartenders. Yes.
0: (laughs) This has been the Dynasty Podcast Rocket Live panel cast series. Thanks to Scotty K, a.k.a. Special K, Natalie Slater, Scott Smith, and Martin Adkins for sitting in on this panel. Rocket Live is hosted at Rocket Bar and Grill in downtown Chicago, with special thanks to Billy Deck. Rocket Live is engineered by Layla Iroyal with video by Chelsea Marin. You can find Dynasty Podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.